When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Have you ever been with a narcissist? Did you know there are seven ways we allow them into our life? Welcome to the Heal the Hurt Podcast. Remember when we were kids and we believed that anything was possible? We were going to be the first man or woman to do something really great. But then something happened. Something got in the way of living the life of greatness we know we were meant for. Well, it's now your turn to become the greatest version of yourself. And to achieve that, we will heal the hurt. The first thing I want to say is if you have ever been in a relationship with a narcissist, especially in, a, in an emotional relationship, my heart breaks for you. The devastation left by narcissists, the gaslighting, the confusion, it's absolutely crazy making. I know that because I personally married two of them. So I didn't learn from the first one. Uh, I learned some, but not quite enough. I needed the second one for me to discover everything about it. But um, I don't want to minimize how absolutely awful that experience has been, but I wanted to do this video because in all the textbooks, all the books that have been written, all the videos that are done, everything is about the narcissist, how to diagnose one, how to see one, how to handle one, what causes a narcissist. It's all about the narcissist. But to this day, maybe there's one out there, but I've never seen it. Nobody's talked about the person who's attracted to the narcissist. And so if that's you, there'll be two things in this video. One, it's going to be groundbreaking. It's going to change your life. You're going to do some tremendous healing. But two, it's going to be very difficult because you're going to have to accept and learn some truths about yourself that you weren't aware of. I know that because I went through it too when I discovered, oh my God, there's a whole nother side to this that nobody's teaching and talking about and it's robbing people. It's what's It's part of what's continuing this dynamic is because the people attracted to the narcissist aren't aware because no one's telling them how they're playing a part in it and how they're equally responsible for the dynamic. And I know that's tough to hear because we have a culture that goes, well, it wasn't my fault. How did I know they'd be a narcissist? They did all this to me. We have a real victim mindset of lack of responsibility of, I mean, we have to look at how relationships come about. If you're a woman, you have, con you know, women for centuries have controlled relationships. The dynamic has always been men chase women and women say yes or no to the start of a relationship and the continuing of a relationship. You know, men divorce or something, but before a relationship ever gets started, men have to get a woman's consent. Well, what does that mean? The woman, out of the millions of options on this planet, has chosen a narcissist. 
That's about her. Because women get hit on thousands of times a year. Depend, you know, I mean, that, that number varies, but most women are inundated with requests for attention. Yet they settled on this individual. You can't divorce yourself from that truth and that responsibility. And vice versa, look at me. I'm an attractive guy. I, I have plenty of options, you know, because that's the other side of the dynamic is because men chase, we can chase millions of women. Yet we chased, and in my case, I chased these two women. What does that say about me? I'm the problem, especially in my case, because, it, well, there's no difference. We all have the decision, the responsibility, and the ownership of who we allow into our life. Now, if we you know, allow somebody in and, and things go poorly, I'm not condoning their behavior, but we have to look at our side of the street. Why was I attracted to that? That's about me. Now, I'm, I'm totally okay because we don't teach anything about relationships or codependence or trauma or any of these dynamics. I agree with you. You didn't know. But you are responsible. There's a difference. And so the opportunity for you in this video is to become responsible for your life because as a society, we all just play the victim and expect, you know, fairy tale romance. We look at movies and go, well, that's the way it should be. Well, that's not even what we see in movies is massive codependence, love addiction, love avoidance. It's not even real. Like if that's the love you're looking for, you will forever be disappointed because it's not love. And unfortunately, we don't teach what real love is. And so this is the opportunity sitting in front of you. Please don't negate it and push it away. You know, accept these hard truths, lean into it. Because after all, what is it you really want? True love. And you want to stop the pain. Well, this is your way out. So let me describe what's happening here and why we became attracted to a narcissist. Well, it's true for both sides. What creates a narcissist, narcissists are not born. They are created. It's horrific, horrific childhood trauma. Massive neglect, abuse. I mean, it can vary on exactly how it is, okay, on exactly what they went through. But that's what created a narcissist. They were not born that way. They went through such horrific trauma, they basically dropped the person they are and developed a personality to survive it. And this became the maladaptive false persona they developed to navigate the world so that they could survive their trauma. Well, the reverse is true for people like myself and all anyone listening to this who's been with a narcissist we went through horrific trauma as well. And so what you have is the narcissist is the over-empowered. Like think of what a narcissist is. They're always right. You know, they're, they're always in control of things, all right? Well, what about us on the other side of the scale? We're at the mercy of that control, so we are under-empowered. So what you have here is two individuals who suffered horrific childhood trauma, okay? One went the over-empowered route, the other went the under-empowered route. So basically, this is going to be tough to hear, hang in there, absorb this, but basically what you have is two narcissists operating in polar opposite ways. Now the beauty of this is, the under-empowered have a chance to recover. The over-empowered, it's almost impossible because 
of the over-empowerment. I'm going to stay away of, of why that is. That's a whole different video and an explanation. But we, as the under-empowered, because we have such low self-esteem, we suffered such abandonment, we are so hungry for true love and attention that most often we were, are willing to do anything to feel better. That's why we were attracted to the narcissist because they're so charming and sexual and manipulative and it's just this grand feeling and that's what we're hungry for. But because of that hunger, it gives us a fighting chance in recovery because we want that so badly. We will absorb this truth of, wow, he's bringing up a good point. Yeah, this is a different side of narcissism. It's not the same. But yeah, there's similarities here, and I am hungry for that. I do want it. Whereas for them, it's the antithesis of that. They suffered so much pain, their defense mechanism became, I will never, I will never make myself vulnerable again. I won't. Whereas this side is, I'll, I'll be vulnerable till I die to get rid of this feeling. They've shut it off. We're stuck in it. Okay? So what you really have is two different forms of narcissism. And I know nobody's ever talked about that or said that. They've always just said this one is, but no, both sides are, okay? And I'm gonna explain the seven reasons why this is also a narcissistic type of dynamic, us, the ones attracted to them, okay? But I, I wanna explain a little bit more about how attraction works and why this dynamic exists. The way attraction is this, or the way attraction comes about is this, all right? Our brain and body gets addicted to what we know, all right? In childhood, we all become our childhood. That's like scientifically proven, okay? And so what happens is we create these, in, in childhood, when we have no emotional barriers, we're learning about it, we go through these experiences, and, and many of you will be like, what? My childhood was perfect, but it's, that shows how much denial you were in in childhood to survive it. Because unless you went through horrific childhood trauma, you would never go near a narcissist. You see, attraction is based on a known experience, okay? And so the way our brain and body works is it, our brain and body don't know right from wrong. It knows known versus unknown. And so one of the hallmarks of people who date narcissists, and this is gonna ring true, there's just this electric connection. They're so sexy. They're so powerful. There's just a draw that it's, a, it's addictive. It's the butterfly feeling. And that's why I always talk about the butterfly feeling is a red flag. Literally what your brain and body, even if they're not a narcissist, but just even normal so-called chemistry uh, between two people, what's happening is your brain and body is literally going, and this can be friendships too, Oh my God, this person is going to let me relive my childhood trauma. That's that intense emotion we feel, okay? And that's all attraction is. The reason you think when you're swiping on dating sites and you're going boring, boring, they may be very attractive, but you look at me, like, uh, boring, boring. That's because that person has not suffered the, the similar childhood trauma and they won't trigger your exact childhood trauma and so you're bored by it and you swipe past them. There's no electricity, and we're all looking for that electricity because our brain and body becomes addicted to repeating what it knows. And since, in my belief, 
I've yet to find anyone who's not been through horrific childhood trauma, even from the most successful to the most poor. It's just, we're so undereducated on what childhood trauma is. Most people are completely unaware, and, but your life shows it. Divorces, addictions, overweight, your life shows your trauma, okay? So it, it, any aspect of your life isn't working, it's your trauma. That, like it's just plain as day and the science proves it. Adverse childhood experiences, I could go on and on. Again, that's another video. So the whole reason you became attracted to a narcissist and you both were duly attracted to each other is that childhood trauma. Your brain and body actually seeks it out. I could put you in a room with 10,000 people. All but one of them would be a narcissist and like radar, like radar. You'd come out and go, yeah, they're all attractive, smart, nice, but there's just something about this one. You'd be drawn to it, okay? And that's what happens. So there's usually this intense attraction to them, okay? And quite often those attracted to narcissists, there was addiction in the household, there's, but there's always trauma, okay? So the seven parts of the under-empowered narcissist, what I'm calling, no one else has ever called it this, I'm calling it this because I know I lived it and I had to break down. Why? Why did I pick this person? I'm responsible for that. I can date many people and I've been with the, I've been in these two marriages. That's about me. And so I had to look, what were the common characteristics? What's going on here? Why is this happening? Okay. So the first thing is, we knew from the beginning. <laughs> and I found this with any client who's been with a narcissist, it's always, they saw red flags right out of the gate and they ignored them. Now, in my first marriage, I didn't see it because I was so under, you know, in our late teens, early 20s, where lots of relationships start and then we discover the narcissism in our 40s after being married for years and we grow and learn about this stuff. We're, we're so detached from reality and our own emotions we don't even see the red flags in many cases. But most of us, you know, 28 and above, we're, we've, our brain and bodies have developed enough that we will see and feel those red flags instantly. And, and this was the case with my second wife. I've told this story many times. The, the first date I met her, I'm waiting outside of the restaurant and I just turned and she's like 20 feet away walking towards me. And I literally, I felt hit like physically hit and I took a step back and I've only said this and I make my skill set is I can read and feel people. I like clients will walk in and I'll just see their childhood trauma. I, I just see it. I don't know how to explain it. It just happens to me. And so here's somebody who's always had that gift and this happens to me. And I've never said about this anyone ever in my life. Just this one time, the first thought that came to my mind was, Oh my God, she's the devil. I saw it and felt it. Now, is she the devil? No, she's not. And narcissists are not the devil. They're not bad people. They're severely broken. I'm not condoning their behavior, but my heart breaks for someone who became a narcissist. Both sides of the dynamic are tremendously broken. And, and I have tremendous heart for what she, and if you knew her history, like how could she have come out any other way? Like it's heartbreaking what she went through as a child. And, and it's heartbreaking what I went through as a child as well, okay? So this isn't a, you know, one's better than the other. You have two mutually broken people. 
right? But the first thing is, is our level of narcissism is we know. We know. And we ignore it. Think of the power in that. Remember, narcissists are over-empowered. We take control from an under-empowered place. We know the truth, but we don't act on it. And why? You're going to see through these seven characteristics how we act out that power. One of the main ways we do it is we think we can fix them. We have this grandiose vision of we see their capability, like we see those flaws. But we, but when the narcissist is on, man, is it the sex is great, the uh, communication is great, like there's just so much chemistry and charisma. And, you know, even the quieter narcissist that, you know, there's this power, the electricity, and, and we get those glimpses because they use those glimpses to draw us in because we are a feeding source for them emotionally. Because, see, remember I said, we are so hungry for emotion. Well, they stay away from it, but they need emotion to survive. So they steal it. it you know, it's like the, the old Predator movie. They suck the... the you know, everything off a person and leave a skeleton. That's how they survive. And so they dance in the game. And so we do the same thing from under here, from an underempowered position by thinking we can fix them. That's a power dynamic. I'm basically playing God. I'm not accepting them for who they are. And I'm going to manipulate out what I want from them. I can fix them. All right. Number three, we're obsessed with figuring them out. We talk about it. We research it. We talk to them about it. Like we have discussions with them of why are you this way and then this. Like we want to figure it out. Again, that's a power dynamic. We're wanting them to be different. Why? Because we need to be fed too. We're underempowered. We need, when they're on, we are desperate for that magic they bring in our life. And so we not only try and fix them, we obsess over them and trying to figure them out. That's a power dynamic, but we're doing it kind of more covertly from under here, whereas they're doing it from up here, okay? Number four, we do everything we can to control their actions, their behavior, and get them to stop. We throw fits, we complain, we throw it in their face. We just, and, and some do it silently. Others aren't won't aggressively point it out to, I was one of those that would, you know, I, I was hyper vigilant on what, you know, did you notice this? You did this? What, what's the difference? What are you doing? Like I was constantly, high, you know, always aware of what they were doing or not doing. All right. Now, some do that, but silently because they're so disempowered, they can't speak. But internally, they're doing the exact same thing. Okay. The next thing is we try to become whatever they want. Number five we will become chameleons. I changed my first wife. I was playing pro hockey. She didn't want me to. I quit. Now, I'm not blaming her for that. That's that looking back, that was my narcissism as I see now I talk about it in my book. I never wanted to play pro sports and I manipulated her. That's why I picked her. I was only playing pro sports to get my dad's attention, so I picked this woman. So, because she would allow me to choose. I could quit playing and I could play the victim and blame her. And it would get me out from under my parents. Okay. And especially my father. And we, everyone does that. 
we will, I, my second, I changed the way I dressed, you know, so I went from playing hockey to a construction company. Literally almost the day we, it was what, within a year of us separating, I quit the construction company. I stopped doing it because I was just doing it for her. It's what she thought I should do. Now, was I good at it? And did I enjoy parts of it? Of course I did. You know, I used to do construction in the summer. My parents built a house. I was kind of fascinated with that. I had some interest in it, but I wasn't doing it for them. And, and this is the tough part. You're going to have to admit these truths about yourself. Now, it took me years to discover that I never wanted to play sports. I never wanted to do these things that I was, this was my underempowered narcissism controlling other people. And so I picked my first wife for a couple reasons. One, I was also, because of my dynamic, I was the emotional support for both of my parents. Well, I went 10 years. Once I got with her, I went 10 years without seeing or speaking to anyone in my family. She set up a power dynamic, which narcissists do, where I was forced to choose between her and my family. Well, of course I chose her. Well, why did I do that? Well, as I see now, I was so codependently involved with my parents. I'm in my mid-20s playing pro hockey, living at home in the summers. I couldn't get away from them. I was, this is what I said earlier. I wasn't aware of that. We're, we're not, because we don't teach how any of this works. So most of us live our lives completely detached from reality and why we're doing what we're doing. Okay. So I picked a woman who'd not only get me away from my parents, but also get me away from hockey. But I could also play the victim and blame them, blame her. And that's what we do. We chase these narcissists so we don't have to deal with our unhealed childhood pain and we can point the finger at them. Our life can fall apart and we can play the victim. I'm skipping ahead. That's number seven. That's the biggest piece. I'll go to number six. We keep going back to them, but we keep blaming them. Doesn't that sound true? I can't tell you how many clients I get who walk in my door. They know they're with a narcissist. We talk about it. We talk exit strategies, give them skills and tools, and they come back every week and spend the whole hour talking about they did this and this and this and this. They're stuck in reliving the abuse. And this is why we do it. Because the abuse in childhood was so difficult and our brain and body gets addicted to it, we actually seek it out. I wrote a whole book on this. I have the science behind it. Like, here's the book, Your Journey to Success. If you want to find out the cycle that you're stuck in, that keeps you repeating it and why we all, this isn't just people who choose narcissists, this is the whole population. The reason our life gets bad is we actually seek to repeat our trauma against ourselves to get our power back. Remember what I said, this is a power dynamic, over-empowered, under-empowered. We do it from the victim shame position because our society and culture rewards this. And we go, oh, you poor thing. And, and no one will ever call us out on it. We'll always call out the aggressor. You know, the person who does the victimization, but we don't realize that this, this is a dual victimization. It's not one way. Both sides are doing it and nobody's been willing to discuss this side. And I want to break that because I am this side and I've done this throughout my life and friendships, relationships and everything. It's still a level of narcissism. I still struggle with, I will snap and get petty and do all of these things in friendships and stuff still because of the trauma I've been through. And, and the only way we rid this dynamic is we have to heal both sides. It's not a one-sided dynamic. You cannot have a relationship unless you have two people involved. And if there's dysfunction on one side, 
there has to be dysfunction on the other side. It is a mutual shared dysfunction. It is not one-sided. That's why I have tremendous empathy for both, not one over the other. And that's something to keep in mind, okay? So we keep going back and we keep blaming them. Think about it. How long have you been? How long were you involved with the narcissist? And how many people did you co-opt into your circle and complain to about how awful they were to me? I remember my first wife, I even went to her parents. <laughs> I went to her because one of the ways she controlled me is in, let's see, 10 years of marriage, we had 12 instances of intimacy. Now, intimacy could include kind words, physical touch, or any type of a sexual act, okay? So kind words, physical touch, any type of sexual act. I, there were only 12 times in my memory that I experienced any of those. The rest of the time it was physical and verbal abuse. And I even went to her parents to try and co-opt them in, see what, how bad your daughter is, instead of I didn't own that, wait a minute, I picked this person, I'm allowing this behavior to go on, why? And, and we went to five different therapists because I was always the bad person. You've been through this experience, you've been with a narcissist, they always say we need help. And every therapist, you know, I'd go in and yeah, I'd admit my stuff, just like you. Yeah, I'm working on that, I'm not perfect here. But with every single therapist, they all switched and went, well, Kenny's doing his side, what about you? And every single time on the way home, she'd go, I don't like this therapist, we need a new one. And I never stood up for myself. I kept myself the victim. Now I kept myself the victim because I didn't know any of this. And if you're stuck in that, I'm not blaming you. None of this is blame. You can't be blamed for something you weren't even aware of. You can't be. You were doing the best you could with what you knew at the time, and so was I. But I was abusing her by allowing that behavior to go on, and so are you. Now the key is this, now that you're aware of it, you are responsible. You're responsible for choosing this person and you're responsible if you learn about this and go heal that trauma or not. And if you choose not to, then from this day forward, you, you are to blame because you know it now, you've heard it and you've chosen to negate it. And so the, for the first time in your life, if just like me, You've been with all these narcissists and this is the first time you've heard it. You are not to blame. Don't shame yourself. Don't beat yourself up. You did the best you could with what you knew at the time. But now for the first time in your life, you have the information to change it. And so for the first time in your life, you are responsible. And if you choose not to address it, then you could blame yourself in the future if you wanted to. I don't know that I would because, again, it's probably so scary and overwhelming that you're like, man, I'm not ready to face that. And that would be very normal because... Both sides are in so much pain, it's really scary to face that, okay? And that's where you are. And, and you're neither side, and, and you, that's the other thing, you can't forgive them until you forgive and accept the truth of how manipulative these seven things are that we do. And so that gets us to number seven, which I, start, I kind of touched on. We won't take ownership. We play the victim. We point the finger. And that's what you see in narcissism videos, narcissism um, chat lines. It is pure victim. It's like a cesspool of victimhood. Everyone trading their stories of how great they are. You know, because we'll do, a friend of mine said this when I, when I first got into recovery. And, you know, and he was a very 
you know, he was, he was a great mentor, great friend and mentor. And we always tried to tell our stories with, you know, taking ownership. But one day he turned to me and goes, you know, Kenny, no matter what, we always paint ourselves as the hero in every story. And we do, even when we're trying to take ownership. But what you see in most narcissism boards or chat lines or videos and stuff is there's a complete lack of ownership on this side of the street that we played an equal part. Every single relationship is 50-50, meaning we are both responsible for the troubles in it. And in my personal opinion, it's actually 100% me. I allow into my life. Whatever I allow into my life is my responsibility. That's 100% on me. So if I'm allowing poor behavior, that's a reflection on me. And that's what I did. I allowed poor behavior because I didn't know what I know now. I did the best I could. Like, I don't beat myself up for it, for, you know, what I used to do. But I damn sure take ownership of it now. And so what happens on this underempowered is we won't. Just like the narcissist, they're, they're exactly the same. And do you hear how the seven characteristics are, are pretty much exactly the same? They just exercise it in polar opposite ways. There's no difference. The beauty is this side is more apt to go get help. And, and that's what I want you to take away from this is please go get help. Stop playing the victim. Stop manipulating from the underempowered position and repeating the victimhood against yourself, the pain. Because here's, what, here's what's really going on. You suffered tremendously in childhood, horrifically. And if you're not in touch with that, if that just is like, what? My parents were great. Like then my heart really breaks for you because that's how detached you are from truth. Just like the overempowered narcissist, they're completely detached from how abusive they are. And when we're down here and we can't see our part in it, we're equally detached from the truth. And if you're in that place, like I was there, it's awful. And my hope is, you may not be ready to hear this now, but my hope is it plays in the back of your mind. And as you continue to choose poor relationships and struggles, eventually it'll chip its way through. I know this, if you ever want to heal, that's what will happen, okay? So there's two solutions. One, go become an expert, get work with an expert on childhood recovery, trauma recovery. And two, learn about codependence, love addiction and love avoidance. You have to do that if you want to stop this dynamic. So lean in towards that. Go become an expert in how you were also a narcissist.